We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. normal from your brazil trip when you were out there bro uh, i'm 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 back to normal uh luckily i've done you know international traveling before so i don't get jet lagged really like i'll go to china 3 days come back and i'm fine and people are like you just were in china like how did you but it, it, you have to you have to be very smart about your sleeping on planes like if it's time to sleep sleep but if it's not stay awake <laughs> as much as you can so no, I'm I'm cool. I'm all set. You were down there for the UFC fights. Yes, sir. UFC 283. Um, great time. You know, Jamal, Jamal Hill's my guy. Went out there for him. Went out there to see him fight. Um, you know, got to see some some other great fights. It was a great card. Uh, but uh yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time. Good time. Is uh Brazil as crazy as they say it is when it comes to going down there to visit and to you, watch fights? How do you mean? I'm saying, like, am I allowed to walk on the street and not have to worry about getting kidnapped or anything yes. like that? Yes, you're fine. <laughs> um, what I can say now, some people did get robbed. So I don't want to— I don't. Uh, wanna, I love how you say that you're fine, and then you're like, yeah, you know what? Listen, I just remember some listen, people got robbed. Listen, <laughs> listen, you, you're, from, you're from Queens, New York. Yes, sir. That means your head is on a swivel all the time. You ain't kidding, yeah. So, listen, we know how to sense danger mm-hmm. <laughs> and get up out of Dodge. So, you know, it was, uh, look, I didn't have any problem. I will say the last night, <laughs> so my last night, uh, me, Jamal, um, I'm Red, you know, social, social uh, media influencer, uh, Miles Jack, Jamal's cousin, we go back to I'm Red's, uh, like, freaking palatial pad in Brazil. Is Miles Jack the football player? Yes, sir. Miles oh, Jack from dope. the Steelers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we all go back to uh, Red's red spot. He had this like freaking two-floor penthouse in the, mid- in the middle of Brazil. It was dope. Um, and I go to like park and I'm like parking on the street. I'm like, oh, nice. Got a spot, you know, right by the house, right? So this random dude like walks up on me because Jamal wrote with me. This random dude walks up on me, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. 20, 20, uh, 20 Reese. And I'm like, no, 
And Jamal's like, pay that man. <laughs> and Miles is like, why we got to pay him? And I'm like, yeah, all right, all right, cool, whatever. So I like give him 20. <laughs> Jamal's like, bro, anybody in Brazil, you pay him. Don't ask no questions, just pay him, whatever. Just pay him and let's go. So we, uh, so I talked to Jamal yesterday. And he was like, yeah, that was like one of the main things they told us like from the UFC. Like if anybody asks you anything for money, if it's anything that has to do with your car, your body, any, just give them the money and walk away. Don't ask no questions. So he was like, yeah, I was like two feet from being dealt with probably. Damn. So they like politely rob you over there is what you're telling me. I mean, look, I got fleeced, but, you know, I made it back with my kidneys. So I'm good. Yeah. I'll take what I get. Bro, that's one of my, like, dream... Because I'm a big soccer fan. Yes. So I would love to go somewhere in, in South America to watch a soccer game. Yeah. I would prefer Colombia. Is like, Really? Yeah. Okay. Colombia right. for me, for many reasons, I'm obsessed with, like, the Colombian cartel era, Pablo Escobar. Yeah, like, that's, that's I've had the real. I've had the real DEA agents that Narcos is based on Shut up. on my show. Yeah, oh, my favorite... Wow. My most successful show, my favorite show ever. I, I never prepared more for a show, bro, in my life. Because oftentimes, like, I had, you know, we're going to talk some NBA in a little bit. Josh, Josh Williams, uh, co-host of the American Fan 365. I should have started with that, but I like <laughs> with these conversations. But, dude, I, you know, oftentimes when I have someone on the show, I'll send them a couple bullet points. Sure, sure. And I, I'm a big vibe and feel guy. Yeah. Right? Like, conversations just, I didn't tell you we were going to talk about you being in Brazil, but I just remembered it right before we started recording. No, you're good. So, so that's how I like doing my show, really. And when I had those guys, Javier Pena and Steve Murphy, that's who Narcos is based on. Dude, I prepared like, I booked them like a month out. It was during COVID. <laughs> okay. Right? My most successful show ever. Like, I still get, that video went viral when we were talking about the hitman, like the famous hitman of Pablo Escobar. Okay. And... Yeah, Narcos is like the number, I mean, the, the list always changes because you have all these new Netflix shows come out, but it's sure. one of the most successful Netflix original shows of all time. And that's who helped like create the show and made the show. Bro, I had booked them like a month in advance. I was like not going out on the weekend. I was locked in, bro. I, I prepared so much for that one. And now I've kind of built a relationship with them. They were in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, they reached out to me and they were like, oh, you know, we know you're out here. I was like, dude, I would love for you guys to come by the studio. Not even to record. I would just like to show you guys sure, sure. the place. The place is awesome. But they had other obligations and whatnot. But just the fact that they they reached out. Is yeah, dope. That's dope. bro. That's dope. It mean, like, and I will say one thing about creating shows. Um, I've made friends because like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we look at it like we're media, even though we are media. Um, I build relationships and then like literally now I have like 10 friends that are in the UFC, like friends, like talk to them on the phone, check in on them, make sure they're good, like all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's different. And then you don't want anything from them. So it's like, you know, the relationship just is different. It comes, it comes across different. Nah, you are absolutely right, bro. Because I feel the same way. And also I was just talking about this on the last episode about like people's relationship with social media. And this is like the cool shit about it, right? Like we yeah. connected because of social media. Yes, sir. And the, the people that you've met, the people that I've met, and just having these like cool connections and just the chemistry and just to have someone reach out to you that you spoke to. Yeah. Just to check in. Yeah. It's like so cool because also like 
Yeah, I don't think too highly of myself, That's right. Bro. We're like nobody. That's, yeah. that's how I feel about it, too. Like, I don't care how big I am. I'm like, who am I? Like, why? Are, what? That's dope. Yeah. And I'll have, like, especially since I moved out here, I'll have I'll have conversations with, like, a UFC fighter or a UFC coach. Like, I, I built a pretty cool relationship with Eric Nixick. He's yeah. the head coach over at Extreme Couture. And we'll, like, comment on each other's posts and whatnot. And and my buddy Boss, who used to be on the show, his name is Nick also, but mm-hmm. we got four friends in our friend group that are Nick D's. Oh, okay. So everyone had, like, a different n- nickname so you understand, like, who you're talking to. I yeah. was always Big Nick and Lamb. Big Nick because I was the oldest. Okay. And Lamb because, like, that's what everyone calls me. But we called him Boss. And that's his favorite, like, UFC gym. Like, okay. he loves that camp. He, he loves all that. And he'll be like, bro, it's crazy. Like, yeah, you like, there. That's your I was friend. like, yeah, but I don't think of it that way. But he does, you yeah, know? So yeah, yeah. that's like the cool thing about it. But I know I went kind of on a tangent, but like the, the cartel era, the, I mean, Colombian chicks, my number one draft pick across the board for many reasons. I would definitely love to go down there. <laughs> but also like there's there's a lot of cool shit down there too. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not that expensive. No. Like I, I've, seen, I've seen some apartments that you can rent out like an Airbnb and you're like that that's a that's twelve hundred dollars for the month and you're like holy shit why am I living the here? Month. The yeah. month. And that's like they're getting over. Like yeah. I'm, I'm making my money like really? Right, you sure? Right. But also like just the 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 culture of soccer. Like to them soccer is what I wouldn't even compare what the NFL is to America. No. Well because well, that's different soccer. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. And this is the reason why as I build the American fan, I want to like take it international, start going to games in different cultures because we think we have fans. Like, you have to understand, in Europe, they have gangs that are, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the boys are literally a gang that support the team. Yeah. Like, we, we don't even go watch the game. The term hooligans, hooligans started because of, like, Premier League soccer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and it's literally a gang that just goes to fight the other gang. They ain't even going to watch the game. They're, they're just going to go fight the other team. Like, literally. It's... It's a totally different, totally different dynamic. Um, I feel like fans to players. Um, but like you said, you know, I, I definitely have to get back to Brazil for games. Um, I, I think I, the next time I go, because I've been to Brazil twice now, and the next time I go, I definitely want to, like, make that a part of the trip. Like, that has to be a central part of the reason I'm going. Dude, anytime I go to a city... Or yeah, I've really only been to like Canada and Mexico. When I went to Greece, I'm Greek. So like when I went oh, okay. to Greece, I was like 15 and it was there in the summer. So there wasn't really any soccer going on. I did go there to play soccer. So it was cool because we played at like one of the most famous venues in Greece. We oh, played wow. soccer when I was like 15 or 16 years old. But I try to make it my goal, bro, when I book a trip to a city to try to go to a game. Yeah. Because I'm a sports fan. Clearly. Obviously. <laughs> but I do like, I, I've been to a Maple Leafs game. Yep. And they weren't even playing the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Rangers. And right. hockey and baseball are weird for me because I could tell you about the Rangers. I could tell you about the Mets, but I don't really know the rest of the league like that. Okay. Okay. You know, I really follow soccer, UFC, basketball, and the NFL. Those are like the three. That the, you follow the hard. That, yeah. Like I could tell you all about the whole league. Sure. From that standpoint. But with. With soccer, man, it's crazy the passion to it. And you saw like with the World Cup. And the the wildest thing also is that Real Madrid, for example, in Spain, yeah. they got a soccer team and they got a basketball team. So when you're a Real Madrid fan, yeah. you're a fan of like everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. imagine if, if the Raiders 
there was a like a Raider. Las Vegas Raiders hockey team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yo, if you're a Raider fan, you're a Raider fan for every. There's a there's a Raider women's basketball team. There's a Raiders. <laughs> we got men's we got a whole we got a whole catalog of things that, that you're a fan of. But that's how it is, yeah, man. Yeah, like, no, my, you're right. That's how it is, bro. Like, uh, my my favorite soccer team is Arsenal. Okay, okay. So that's right. That's right. Because you guys, uh, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry, that's my right. favorite soccer player of all time. That's yeah, right. man. So like. But you're an Arsenal fan for everything. Like, everything is just, yeah. you got to rep it. But you don't have that here. No, no. It's wild. No, not like that. I mean, and I think the other reason, too, I, technically you really could because, you know, when you look at, I'm like I said, I'm a Redskins fan, you know, everything D.C. except for baseball. I'm a Cubs fan. And Ted Leonsis owns the Wizards and he owns the Capitals. So technically, he could start something like that where mm. it's like a brand that literally just encompasses two different sports but like you said it's just we don't have that yeah yeah man i gotta i gotta find my way down there for sure it'd be such a and isn't it isn't it warmer when it's winter here yeah it's summer it's summer there it's now because there's there su there's southern hemisphere so it's summer there now so it was it was like 85 85 when i was there it was wasn't too too hot but it, you know and then it's not that humid either it was surprising it's pretty nice the first time i went was during their winter and that was it wasn't cold but it wasn't hot either it was mm. like 70s damn and they're passionate about ufc down there right well they're passionate about fighting right. so because remember brazilian jiu-jitsu like yep, there's yep, literally yep. they had like That's there, <laughs> their, there, their country has a form of jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah they're they're passionate about fighting in general yeah dude i want to talk a little bit about the nba haven't had a chance to talk much nba kind of sporadically throughout yeah <clears throat> but now with football sort of coming to an end, Winding. I do like to pivot heavily into the NBA. And also I feel like around this time of the year is where you really start to see the cream rise to the top. Yeah. In the NBA. Like it's the home stretch. Like post All-Star break, there's about 20 games left in the regular season. Guys are coming back off injury. At this point, you want to start playing better ball as you go into the playoffs. And one of the things I want to ask you is... There's always a team that kind of gets hot around this time. Yeah. Right? Like last year was the Mavericks that started to get hot. And then you were saying to yourself, can they make a run into the playoffs? And they did. They went all the way to the conference finals. They did. Let's start with what's a, what's a team that you got your eye on for the second half of the NBA season? Ooh, second half. Uh, I'll say this because I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit. This team is both my surprise, and my disappointment. So I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. And the reason I say that, the reason they're both, first, they're, the reason that they're, for me, a disappointment is because of, you know, kind of how they've been keeping Kawhi down. And, like, you know, he's, he's having a solid season, but he's missed half their games. And, I mean, this is, again, after him missing a full season last year following the torn ACL. So it's like, is he ready? Is he not ready? Um, you know, because I feel like they've lost a lot of games simply from the standpoint of they haven't had their whole team. Like John Wall, same thing. They kind of been babying John Wall. You know, they've put a lot of pressure on Paul George. So then Paul George gets maintenance days. Um, so for me, I'm excited to see if they ramp that team up. You know, now that it's like, okay, look, let, let's, let's actually push for it and see what we can do. Um, because they do need to have uh, a collective time on the court together. You know what I mean? Like where it's like not just we play a game here or there together and then all of a sudden we don't know who, you know, I don't know what's in you when it gets down to it when the real bullets start flying. 
No, you're right, man. It's all good on paper, but you do need to have some continuity with one another. That's why when you see when you see any interviews from those Heat guys on that 2010 team, yeah, when LeBron first got there, and they were saying to themselves, "Yeah, it's all dope," but I wasn't sure where Bosch likes to be on the floor. And yeah, we have this talented roster, but like, is it Wade's team? Is it LeBron's team? Yeah. And then and then Wade had that infamous vacation that they went on where apparently LeBron and him were, like, on the beach somewhere. And Wade just said, bro, it's your team, man. Like, I know my I was here first, but in order for us to get to where we want to get to, it got to be your team. There was that dynamic of, well, Wade's been here. It's 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 Wade County instead yeah. of Dade County, right? Yeah. And there, were, there was this dynamic between the Heat players where they just didn't know. And then year two and three, they go on to win the finals. And then even year four, their last season, they go all the way to the finals again. And then... Kawhi and, yeah. and the Spurs just absolutely destroyed them. But you're right, man. And that was the thing coming into the season. I agree with you because they were a team to watch. They were my my pick to win the West. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the year. Because I've always been a John Wall guy. And I know you're from the D.C. area. That's your love, squad love there. Love John Wall. It's the problem with them is what we're seeing now. Like the maintenance stuff. Sitting out games. Are they going to be healthy? And available. Yeah. Because if they are, bro, like I always, I call it my five, 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 where it's, it's game five. You're on the road. There's five minutes left. You're down five. Yeah. Who's the five that you have out there? And they got a lot of options. They're, you know, Terrence Mann has gotten big minutes for them the last yeah. couple of years in playoffs. And he's a guy that, like, I love uh, Alvarado on the Pelicans. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. Shout out to him. He's also a, a New York City kid, but he's a dude where, he, that makes sense that he's a New York City kid. The sneakiness that he yeah. does. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but that's yeah, starting bro. to crystallize a little bit low, more. Lower East Side, man. <laughs> Shouts to him because we're going to talk to the, about the Pelicans a little bit. But, bro, on a serious note, last year when they were playing in the playoffs against the Suns, yeah. I always look for those seventh or eighth guy off the bench that could get quality, important minutes. Not minutes because you're up 20 or down 20. Yeah. It's like, yo, this is a close game. We could put you out there. And is that moment too big for you? And like Alvarado was one of those guys. He was like, yo, fuck that, bro. Booker, I'm, I'm Paul, like, what's up? What's yeah. good? And Terrence Mann was like the same kind of guy for yep. the Clippers the last couple of seasons. But again, it's it, is Kawhi healthy. When he's out there, it reminds you. Like he has those flashes. Like, Damn, he's a he's a top five guy in the he's, league. He's still like, and it's and that's the thing. Like he hasn't, he hasn't even, you, like think about it. Have you seen any Kawhi highlights this year? Like, at all. And I looked at his numbers today, and I was like, hey, he's actually not playing bad. Like, yeah. he's averaging 22. You know what I mean? But I, I can't remember even one Kawhi highlight. And I think that's quietly by design. If they're playing this right. Now, if they're just overdoing it, I don't know how it's going to turn out. But if they say, okay, we can really go, because Kawhi's only averaging 31 minutes a game. He's averaging 31 minutes a game, averaging 22 points a game. Like... That already, if you know what I mean, when you really talk about it, you really think about it. He he already wasn't a guy that took bad shots. He always takes good shots. He was never really a volume guy. Didn't need 20 shots to get 20 points. You know what I mean? Like he's he's always been a guy that was very efficient. So if he's healthy and they're just, you know, kind of slow playing it, kind of like how the Raptors did mm -hmm. when he got there. Look out. Yeah. Yeah, he was a lot healthier, though, when he was with the... I don't know. You don't think so? Because remember, remember, even in that playoff run, 
there were moments where he was dragging that leg. Like, yeah, where that leg literally was like, bro, he ain't 100. Yeah. But he just was like, you know, he was in that zone where it was like, I'm the guy. Give me the ball, and I'll do whatever I have to do to get this bucket. But he was dragging that leg. <laughs> that leg wasn't 100%. Yeah. That quad, remember, because that was the whole thing. Like, his quad wasn't firing and all that. Like, he had moments where it was like, ooh, that leg. A lot, and then he would just go to work. And a lot of moments of hands on the knees, yeah. kind of hunched over like a running back. <laughs> yeah. And you're looking at it like, damn, bro, he's going through it. He's going through it. You know what's the craziest thing about the Clippers, bro? And I was watching them a couple weeks ago. And uh, the, the commentator, the yeah, the broadcast team was like, this is year four of Paul, George, and Kawhi. And That's I'm like, crazy. What? I was like, bro, how come I feel like they got there yesterday? That's crazy. And you're going to have to make some decisions on contracts moving forward. They got that new arena that they're building too. And I, I Look, I'll say this just quickly on that. They keep it because it, it makes sense monetarily. If you're mm. not about to replace that, you need, LA needs stars, yeah. period. And even if your star is a wounded duck, <laughs> you like remember Kobe in the end, like the Lakers weren't going to do anything to let Kobe go. Like, yeah. We need stars. And even if that's us being in the lottery, these stars are still going to put people in the stands. And that new palace, they, they've got to have they've got to have bodies to fill it. So they have to resign. It. Yeah, it's always such a weird conversation to have, man, because like the tail end of Kobe, he wasn't worth what he was getting paid. But it oh. was like a legacy thing. That's and like right. you said, we can't piss off the fan base if we don't pay. Him. That's right. And and Kobe I, want to play, he gonna be out there. Yeah, it was the same thing with Dirk too, bro. Like Dirk wasn't worth what he was worth. A thousand. Percent. I mean, he was because of the legacy and the aura. That's right. But the player on the court was not. Ooh, them knees was done. Yeah, he was done. A lot of wear and tear for both of those. Dirk was a uh, as as Patrick Beverly would say, he was a uh, a, a cone. <laughs> <laughs> he was just an obstacle to the bucket. That was it. Yo, for me, it's team to watch. And I mentioned them before in passing about Alvarado. I think it's the Pelicans. But also it's weird because I, I always like to preface these kind of like surprises and letdowns and all not based off your expectations coming in. Sure. So I think these are all subjective because I was high on the Pelicans coming in because of their roster. And now you throw in the Zion dynamic. Yeah. Well, I know you, you got some takes about Zion too <laughs> from when I was on your show. But Dude, the Pelicans, right? They they got CJ McCollum at the trade deadline last year. Yep. And he finished with career highs in field goal percentage, rebounds, assists, and points. I feel like that trade, he got out the shadow of Dame. Yeah. Who we was I was on your show last week. We we're talking about like, bro, CJ McCollum was probably in everybody's fake trade package. For, for like years, five years, literally. But it wasn't a slight to him. It was the only asset that the Blazers had that you wanted yeah. outside of Dame. Which the whole point of that conversation was, all right, yo, Damian Lillard is the guy that we're gonna build around. Yeah. So who else are you gonna trade from the Blazers to get something good to build with him? Yeah. Since the McCollum thing wasn't working, I mean, it, it worked out, but you, they hit their ceiling, right? It, like, yeah, it hit the end the, of the road. Yeah, the conference finals was their ceiling, and even that was like a funky year because guys were hurt too, and you know that that conference finals against the Warriors. I remember, I remember live betting the Warriors at halftime of every game because it, it's like that third quarter. Yeah. They always would outscore teams like thirty nine. Yeah, 14, it was crazy. It was crazy. That forty four twenty. And they're the only team in NBA history, that Blazers team, 
that had a double-digit lead at halftime of all of those games, and they got swept. Right, That's so so, crazy. so with CJ McCollum all these years, it was like yo CJ for AD package, CJ CJ for Kevin Love, or yeah. can they get so and so? I feel like CJ for Bradley Beal was out there too at one point. That was another one. Definitely, I mean, bro. CJ McCollum was in like thirty five fake trades with like all stars year in year out, but it wasn't a slight to him. But I feel like this kind of unlocked him too. Yeah, because now he don't need to worry about that. It seems like he found a home in New Orleans. He's the vet. He's yeah, I mean, because that, that was the thing. Like, with Dame, he never really— I won't say he never really had a voice, but the voice would always be, like, a secondary voice, like you said. Now, when you go to a new situation, you might not be the guy. Brandon Ingram's been an all-star. Zion Williamson's the one that's filling the stands. You know what I mean? But you're also still the elder statesman over top of all these guys. Yeah. So I can do it, yeah. but then I am also have the voice to tell you, hey, look, I didn't been deep in the playoffs. That that's something that the rest of these guys can't speak to. So you know, just in terms of locker room dynamics, it's a beautiful thing. Like it's, I, I mean, you know, I might have my feelings about Zion, but uh, you know, Zion is a great talent, great player. Um, I'm just interested to see what he does in pressure moments. And on top of that, are his knees going to buckle under the pressure, literally and figuratively? So we'll see. We'll see. And look, man, he came back and they started 23 and 14. And then he got hurt, which is the biggest concern that anyone had with him coming out. And to your point about being like the old head in the group, you can't have all just 21-year-olds, bro. Yeah, it's like like, it's it's cool, (laughs) but for fans, like, oh, we're gonna be dominating. Yeah, we're gonna (laughs) have a young core, right? We're gonna be chilling. It's like, bro, you need to have that like, like, why do you think Udonis Haslam's still in the league, bro? Like he's that Still. old head that Still. just hey, he's basically an assistant coach at this point, right? <laughs> but but yo, those guys are important, man. They're they're so important to just be like, yo, yo, Rook, you, you know, you, you can't, can't be going, you can't be out uh, on the strip until four a.m. And then you know we're in Miami, you can't be at eleven the night before. Like yeah. we got a game, you yep, need to have yep. those grizzled vets to kind of talk to you. And that's what McCollum has been for this team. And it will into to that point. He's also CJ is a good guy. Wasn't a partier. Wasn't that kind of a guy. He's about um, he's about basketball. This this league now, you know, when my brother played in the league, it was a it was an older man's league. Who's your brother? We didn't talk about that last time. Nah, a junkyard dog, Jerome Williams. So he when he came in the league, Jerome got drafted in the draft of '96. So Kobe, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, you know, Antoine Walker, Jermaine O'Neal, all those guys. He was in that draft. He was a first round pick. When he came in the league. It was a veteran league. It was an older league. Jerome's draft actually was the draft that really started to unlock younger players coming in the league. Because remember, at that point, you had to be a junior or senior. Like, Mm. sophomores, freshmen. Stephon Marbury, a freshman, first-round pick. Allen Iverson, a sophomore. That was unheard of. Sophomore first, number one pick. That was unheard of. And he's a guard, and he's a buck, buck 65. Like, that was unheard of. So the league was different in terms of both veteran roles and veteran guys. This league has been run by the Nick Youngs of the world and different dudes where it's like, it ain't the same league. It's not, you know, in terms of both veteran quality. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, I always use the term, it's a league run by babies. Like, babies taught babies. That ain't always the best league. And that's one of the reasons why I don't watch the NBA as much anymore, just because the quality isn't as, there, isn't mm. as good. Because it's, you know, I'm jacking up bad shots and you're the vet. Well, shoot, I'm going to jack up bad shots. 
I'm the rookie. You know what I mean? Like, Leading by example. Dudes didn't really get taught how to play. You know what I mean? And guys didn't really get taught how to be a pro, truthfully. Um, that's why you see so much craziness in the news with a lot of players. Like, that kind of stuff didn't happen in the 90s, early 2000s. And in the 80s, obviously. Pelicans are 3-11 and 11 since Zion got hurt. But they're still 26-25. and 25. They're 8th in the West. Wow, they've dropped to 8. Yeah. See, I didn't realize they had dropped that far. Wow. They're expecting him to come back after the All-Star break. So, that's why I think they're a team to keep your eye on. Sure. Now, do they drop so far that now they're fighting? That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like That's a very good point. Because, uh, I mean, not to say you want to be in the Wimby you know, sweepstakes, but if you, if you are in the sweepstakes for the Frenchman, I'm calling him the Frenchman now. That's, that's my new nickname for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you are in the sweepstakes for him, I mean, putting him on that team, I think, you know, him going there or him going to the Rockets, both of those situations in terms of bad, bad situations, totally different, totally different league, totally different players, totally different rosters if he goes to either of those cities. Yeah, but I think the Pelicans are too good to be in that sweepstakes. Like, it would really need to crash and burn. Like, yeah, 3-11 and 11 without Zion, for sure. But, you know, Brandon Ingram had also missed time in between that, too. Sure, sure. Yes, so yes. That, that's important because now you're not just down Zion, you were down Ingram, too. Like, you can't have both of them out. You need this one of them is, to be— This is still the West. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I think they're definitely a, a super compelling team moving forward. But you said something there in passing that I found interesting. That you don't watch much of the NBA anymore as far as, like, like you once did. No. And, and that's, that's something I wanted to ask you on this show. What's your level of interest, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, when it comes to regular season NBA? Because I have my issues, like, from a betting perspective. Okay. I think it might be one of the worst things to bet on, personally, on a nightly basis, betting regular season NBA, because it's so volatile. Yes. Fourth game in five days, right? Yeah, they've eliminated those for the most part, but there there is like one stretch that every team kind Everyone of goes, has to go you through. Know, three games in four nights, back to backs on the road, shit like that. And it's hard, bro, because dude, not like last week or the week before, I think Embiid got ruled out after after like the apps locked, right? So it was like seven oh nine Eastern yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And he's they not say, play. Oh, yeah, he's not gonna play tonight. <laughs> and you're like, yo, bro, I just just laid juice on the Sixers and fuck, I just punted away my money. Or yeah, now it's yeah, going to yeah. be more of a struggle where they were an 18-point favorite. Now they're a 7-point favorite. Yeah, they're still expected to win, but or maybe you took his props. And then that opens up a whole nother can of worms when you're looking at the betting aspect wow. of it with the NBA. Because, because if you know for a fact that Embiid is going to sit, you're not laying that money. You're not laying that money, but maybe you're looking at, ah, yo, maybe Tobias Harris now gets a couple more extra rebounds. Of course, or, or points. Or points, Yeah, right? Maybe now the backup center, he, well, he had a four and a half rebounds. Now it's probably going to go to eight and a half, but I took it at four and a half. So it's a whole different can of worms that get opened up in the regular season. I love betting NBA playoffs. I do amazing in NBA playoffs. Yeah. Because there's there matchups. It's, match-ups. Ma- it's matchups, and also it's, you know, for a fact, Giannis is playing 46 minutes if needed, right? Yeah, that's right. There's no minute, re- unless it's a blowout, like, yeah, nah, yeah, bro, yeah. I'm putting my five guys out there. <laughs> We're doing eight-man rotations. Some even, Some like, seven. D'Antoni, the D'Antoni <laughs> era, bro, seven-man rotations. And it's a little bit easier to predict. It's still difficult. Don't yeah. get it twisted. 
but it's way easier to handicap in the playoffs because it's a smaller sample size of games. Everyone, everyone's on a similar footing. Like everyone has similar rest. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, it's not like oh, we had to travel. Everyone. Yeah, had to travel. we're coming from Utah. Yeah. Now we're in Miami. Nah, it's like yo, we're we're all in Milwaukee for four days <laughs> right. or whatever right. it might be. That's right. So, what would you say your level of interest in regular season basketball is? Uh, honestly, probably a four. Um, you know, obviously you tune in for your marquee games, you know, I mean, your, your rivalry games or your stars. So John Morant's playing over here. I'll tune in. Um, you know, Zion is playing Ja or playing another, another young star. I'll tune in. Um, my wizards, we're just so bad, man. Like we're, it's, and then it's not even so bad. I was on, uh, my guy, uh, um, Casey Powell's podcast, Knicks fan TV and, and uh, we went to we went to college together. He's a Knicks fan, and I was he was asking me about the Wizards, and I was like, we are consistently inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That is what we are most consistent at. We are most consistent at. I don't know what we're gonna be tonight. We could beat the we could beat the number one seeded team, or we could lose to the twelfth team. The world is our oyster. That's basically what it is. So for a Wizards fan, like it's like it's hard for me to watch. Like I'll watch the Caps. Every opportunity I have, like if the Capitals are playing and I have any, like, shoot, even if I'm driving Lyft, uh, the Caps is on the radio. <laughs> like, like I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but as far as the Wizards, yeah, it's iffy. And then the rest of the league, same way. Like, I, it, it's bad basketball for me. I coach, I, I've coached for almost 20 years now. I coached Anthony Bennett. I coached Kelly Oubre. I coached these guys that oh, went no. on to the league. And for me, it's hard to watch basketball because it is horrendous basketball. Like whether it's blown calls, we'll talk about blown calls, or whether it's just we don't run anything. We don't run any sets. Like basketball now is I saw. You, you shoot, we shoot. Whoever makes the most of the end, yeah. that's who wins. But like there, there is no defense. Like defensive principles are dead. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just bad basketball. So it's very hard for me to watch it as a lover of the game. And then, you know, and then you talk to people, you talk to fans, and they're like, oh, this is the best basketball there's ever been. And I'm like, nigga, what you watching? This is not basketball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, so, before I go on a rant. Well, do you think, let me, let me throw you this. Do you think uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors got a lot of blame for this? No, no. They, have, I, I think- they have blame in, so, in one way. I'll say this. They have blame in terms of, because I coach. So they, what they have blamed for is green light everywhere. But what kids and what people do not see is the level of work that it took for them to have that kind of shooting prowess to be able to just pull from anywhere. Well, I've practiced this shot a million and one times. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's different. But if you watch the Warriors, the Warriors are one of the Warriors, the Spurs, they're one of the few teams in the league that run sets over and over again. We are going to set you to death. You know what I'm saying? But if you look around the league, like when you look at the Lakers, they don't run no sets. It's LeBron, ISO, high screen roll. There might be a weak side action. There, 90% of the time, there isn't. Over and over again. Whoever helps, I'm going to pass. If you help, if I drive, I'm a, you help out, I'm going to kick over. It's easy basketball. That's like playground basketball. Mm. But in terms of like structured basketball, it's not structured at all in any way. The reason why I mentioned the Warriors and Curry is because I think the evolution of the three-point shot is because of them. It's that 1,000%. And, but there's an issue, right? 
Because for so many years, bro, I was betting on those Rockets teams with Harden. Okay. To beat the Warriors. Yeah. Like I had, I mean, everyone that's been listening to the show for years, uh, I feel like I was on the right side of history. James Harden was the MVP that year that Russ won it. Yeah, yeah. Because triple doubles are an arbitrary number. No, they're not. They are. They're not. If I have 38, 12, and 6. Yeah. And you have 13, 12, and 11. Who had a better game? Okay. Now, if you start if you start putting it in those contexts, but that's not what Russ was doing. <laughs> yeah. Russ was having like 40, 18, and 12. I get it. Yes. But what I'm saying is like the history of the NBA, right? Sure. You had to be a top three seed. You Numbers were important, but team success was just as important. True. And like, bro, Harden, Harden was like 83 rebounds away on the year from averaging a triple-double too. Yeah, yeah. So it's not exactly like Harden wasn't like 31, 11, and like 8.9. In 7. Right. Yeah. yeah. He was close to it. So the, I was so invested in those Rockets teams because the recipe for beating a team like the Warriors are honestly, bro, even in the playoffs last year, like how many 20-point wins did teams have in the playoffs? It was a shit ton there every night because – And you would look – I would go right to the box score if I missed a game. True, true story. I'd go right to the box score and I'd look at Celtics Heat. The first thing I would look at, who shot better from three? And you'd see Celtics went 23 of 47. You're like, yeah, they, they, they got, blew them out. They got 69 <laughs> points off, off one, like three-point shots. Yeah. And the whole game now has completely changed. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Warriors and the Curry era. But also it's not fair because... It's easy for us to say, yo, go and shoot up, you know, 53s a game, but they're the most efficient shooters of all time. And yes. their sets that they run get them the open looks. Yes. And also, it's easy for you to want to do the dominant backcourt and shoot all these threes when you have the two best shooters of all time. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. Well, one of them well, is. One of them and for the, sure. And the and other Clay one is, is like in the Clay, top five. He, he, he's definitely top 10. Right. Not even a question. Not even a question. Not so a question. yeah, it's easy for us to be like, yeah, bro, let's go out there. This is a game plan. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. But are you shooting a high percentage three? Yeah. Like, remember the Rockets in that one series when they lost to, when uh, they lost to the Warriors and they missed like 27 straight threes? Yes. That's yes. why they lost it because they missed yes. 27 straight threes. So 1, that's that's what the, the the NBA has become now. And in the regular season, my favorite thing, it's not, it's not really my favorite thing. It, it's it's the thing I find the funniest that I see mm -hmm. is it's 114, 112. 12 seconds left on the clock. What does every guy do? Step back three. It's for the gram. Yeah. Because it's, it's not a smart shot. There's like two guys on you. Horrible They're giving shot. you the paint. They're, someone else is open at the elbow in order for you to just, you know, drive it to the lane and, 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 and tie the game, send it to overtime. And but Nick, it's, what is that? Bad basketball. Yeah. That's horrendous basketball. Yeah. Like, but, like, okay, think about it when we were kids, right? Every coach would be like, what, like, you would have to run until you threw up after this game, after that decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that's that's my issue with basketball now is like it, we didn't we didn't really lose the game we shot ourselves out of the game like yeah. we took we took bet we we had seven straight horrendous possessions they came down scored three out of the seven times that's how the lead happened like we were in the game and then y'all went and went brain neutral and they got to the cup it's not that hard to figure out you know what i mean but like teams teams at to your point teams wanted to create the new splash brothers with whomever but those guys, those guys weren't Steph and Clay. 
They it's just e weren't. It's easy for you to want to do that. But when you don't have those assets, you can't. Yeah. But on the flip side too, bro, I was talking about all the 20-point blowouts. Yeah. There were also a lot of games, and you see it on a nightly basis too, where, dude, if I see a team down 20, I don't think it's over anymore. Like in the no. past, it used to be a wrap. Right? It like, was 20 yo, is like, you're down 20, bro. over. You know, Duncan, Ginobili, we're sitting you the rest of the time, right? LeBron, chill. We got Miami tomorrow. It's a That's big game for too you. too funny. But now it's like, yo, you're down 20 in the third quarter? Yeah, I go on a 12-0 run in, in 45 seconds because I just go crazy from three or something. Then, then it's a game again. So crazy. it's weird, man. To me, I think my level of interest in the NBA regular season is it's around a four until this time of year. Okay. And then it gets up to like a seven. Sit. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Because I'm, I'm infatuated by the MVP race. Yep. I think a lot of that had to do, and I feel like it originated, I should say, because of how dominant the Cavs and the Warriors were. Yeah. Because every year people were like, oh, it's going to be the Cavs and Warriors again. And it was for four straight seasons. Yeah. So people lost interest in the regular season. And I think that's why after week one, it was like, oh, DeMar DeRozan's the MVP. Remember DeMar that one year with the Raptors oh was like, God. he was going he, off. He had like eight game winning shots in like October. You're yeah, like, bro, yeah. there was only nine games played. Like what the hell happened? He was just going crazy. But now it's become such a big talking point because I think it creates a level of interest in the NBA regular season when you could just, dude, every, every episode, if I wanted to, I could be like, yo, who's the NBA MVP? And you yeah. can have a legitimate hour long conversation on, the, the obvious guys, and then maybe there's a sneaky guy that you can mention, Who, Who's the MVP this year? <laughs> Damn. You, you opened the door. I did I open had, the door, yeah. That it. was a layup. You had to take that. Yeah, that's good. That's how you could tell that you were podcasting. <laughs> um, the MVP is Jokic. However, you have this dumb argument, which I think is terrible, too. It's, uh, there's Jokic fatigue, right? Have you heard that one? Yeah. He's won it back-to-back years, and it's like, yeah, but bro, you look at it. You might be having better numbers now. And that and that's the C, but that's the thing. Like, the years where it was close and you gave it to him, maybe he shouldn't have gotten it because maybe somebody else actually did have a better year, you know, because now there is fatigue and it's like, bro, he's not a three straight year MVP. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not okay. Yeah. Like, Jordan never did that. So it's like, so that, because that's the pantheon that you're putting someone on when it's like, oh, yeah, you won MVP three straight times. Has that ever happened before? I don't know. You can't give it to him. It's I don't care what he does. He could he go out there and, and, and murder and still not get it. Three three straight MVPs has all, only happened three times. Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and most recently, Larry Bird. I thought Bird did it. Yeah. I thought Bird did it. I couldn't but, remember. But, but this, this is what we're talking about. This is rare error. This yeah. has happened three times in the, what, 80-year history of the NBA? And, and, okay, and think about those other three guys. They all won championships. And right. if they didn't win, they were still playing for them. And and this is and this is the issue, right? Because career highs, he's averaging in rebounds and in uh in, in points. Okay, points. And then the number one seed now, right? Yeah. So his team is playing better than they did the years that he was winning MVP. And you're right, dude. It might be he's averaging a triple double at the moment, at the time that we're talking about That's this. Absolutely disgusting. And they have the second best record in the NBA. So that, that that right there is absolutely disgusting to hear that a big man is averaging a triple double with assists. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, that is elite. But so so that's that's the issue. If, well, wait. If 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 Jokic walked through this casino right now, 
95% of the people in here would not know who he is. Yeah, I think that's fair. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so it's like, yes, it uh, does. Yeah. No, no, 95%. This is the win. So it's already iffy anyway. <laughs> but, but 95% of people wouldn't have any idea who he is. They'd be, they would think, obviously, he probably plays basketball because he's seven days yeah, of change. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like, oh, my God, that's, that's Nikola Yoji. That's, that's Jokic right there. Yeah. No. By and large, no. So I think he's the MVP. Now, I don't think he's going to win it because I do think people are going to make cases against him because yeah. he's won it. Yeah. Which I think is dumb. Like, if you're the best player, yeah. it just, like, it was the whole LeBron James thing, right? Like, for like a decade, it was solidified. He was the best player in the league. But also, on the flip side, it's like, bro, to me, the MVP matters a lot. And it matters when it's like a Tuesday night. And it's funny that you're a Wizards fan because that was Tuesday night in Washington was always my analogy for this. <laughs> it's like, bro, that year, those years that LeBron was in the league and he wasn't MVP was because he didn't care about Washington on a Tuesday. <laughs> Fair. And then you see like Giannis, when Giannis comes up, right? He was so hungry and so young. It's like, yeah. he cared about Washington on a yeah, Tuesday. Yes, he did. Detroit on a Thursday. Didn't matter. Where LeBron now is like, yo, you know, I'm playing in the garden. I'm going to turn it up because it's the garden. But see, but see, and that's the, okay, I, I love you for this. That is the reason why I don't think that he's the GOAT. Stuff like that. Jordan didn't matter. Every night, there was a kid that had never seen him play. And he was playing for that kid. Yeah. He wasn't playing for the people in the front row. He was playing for that one kid that never, never seen him and may never see him again. He was playing for him. I was just watching Kobe's wife mm. talking on, I don't know if it was the Hall of Fame. No, not the Hall of Fame speech. It was when he passed away. Okay. And he said that. He goes, the reason why I always played hurt was because there's someone watching me for the first time. He's like, it's expensive. To come to the Staples Center or whatever yeah. it's called now. Sure. To, 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 <laughs> to, to pull up to the Staples Center and drop a significant amount of money. Because I know when the Knicks are bad, and the Knicks have been bad practically my whole life. It was still like three bills to get into the garden. And Not I'm talking question. about like… Not a question. Your last row, bro. You're spitting, you're spitting on, the, on the mezzanine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're dropping money. And, if, and, and imagine if you're like a family of four. Yeah. That's like a $2,000 commitment, bro. Yeah. Popcorn, jersey, shit, parking, whatever it might One be. One night. Yeah. And then if you go there, and that's another issue I think that the NBA runs into, bro. This maintenance thing. And, yeah. and I get it, right? Because you want to you wanna preserve your talent. You want to be good for the playoffs. I get that. But I think that's a big issue that the NBA runs into because that's a conversation that needs to be had. I don't think it's fair. Sit when you're at home, bro. Rest them at home. Well, but then, but then think about it that way. My home fans. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, both sides of that argument. I understand exactly where you're going, but you know what I mean? I hear you. I agree to a certain extent. But if, if you had to pick between sitting on the road or sitting at home, you have 41 different opportunities to see Jokic yeah. in Denver. Yeah. Where when they play the Knicks, they play them once a One year. One time, yeah. So no, if no. I'm someone who's like, yo, dude, my son's favorite player is Jokic. Sure. And I, I look at the schedule and it's on March 12th and I want to take him. Yeah. And I buy take, and then he, he sits on that game. I think it should be mandatory that if you're a star 
if you're a star star. Well, the, the only people that are getting maintenance days. Right, right. The only guy, yeah, bingo. The only dude, star. yeah. I, I didn't even to say that. Yeah, like Steve Novak on the Knicks, he was not getting maintenance days. No bro. maintenance like, days. He's, about like, he's out there. Yeah, you got to be out there. But you're right. Like, if you're a star, bro, you have to play on the road. I think that should be, like, in the next CBA or whatever it maybe, might be. Maybe it's uh, you have to play um, non-divisional road games. Because, like, you know what I mean? Where it's... Because, I like that, too. Because, because okay, this is... you play each other six times yeah, a year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Bulls, and we're playing, you know, the Bucks or the, or the Pistons. Maybe I get to sit one of those games. But that's how they, that's how they massage it. You know what I mean? But if it's, like, like you said... I'm I'm an Eastern team and I'm playing a West team. I can't sit that game. I have to play. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I think that that because even in sitting in that kind of that confined box, you're still getting 15, 20 extra games where you get to sit. Yeah. I think that's the only way that they can sort of level the playing. Obviously, if they're hurt, they're hurt. Yeah. But I'm talking about like, yo, it's the back to back. We're sitting in bead and they're playing in Utah. It's not fair to the Utah fans. Yeah. Whereas if, if like you're in Cleveland and you're a Cleveland fan and Donovan Mitchell sits against the Spurs at home, I don't feel as bad for you because you have other op- other opportunities. Yeah, it's yeah. expensive. I get that, but it's just so much rarer. I see, I see where I see where you're going. That's you, you follow that's, like no, that's on fair. the road. It's that's so fair. much rare for me to come and see you. That's fair. Because then maybe like, bro, you sit at the Garden this year. Then maybe next year you get hurt. And you missed that game. So now it's two years that I haven't been able to see. Sure, sure. So it's just wacky to me, man. And I think that's another reason why I think a lot of people, I don't want to say are fed up with the NBA regular season, but they don't, when guys are sitting, they make it seem like those games aren't important. So why should I care as a fan? If you don't care, why should I care? That's fair. Now, in-game tournament, yes or no? In-season tournament. Um... Why are you adding more? Why are you adding more though? I I hate the idea. I don't like the idea. I absolutely despise. I like the, the seven, idea. the seven, ten, eight, nine. I, I think that's cool. Yeah, the playing game. Yeah, the playing game. Um, I I actually so what I would like to see is the uh, the lottery teams play for the number one pick. Hmm. So like, even if you're tanking, yeah, you know I mean, like. Yeah. Like obviously, maybe the the worst the worst team in the league, maybe they get a buy or something just to kind of give them something where it's like, but they play, or like maybe maybe it's you give the teams like a ten day break that made the playoffs right after the regular season, and in that ten day break, the lottery teams play for the number one pick or for the top, you know for the top three or four picks or however you want to break it out. I would like to see something like that. That would be cool in terms of an in-game playoff because those teams were already done. Their season was over. They played their 82 games. So them playing an extra four or five games doesn't really matter to them. They were already finished. So now they get something to play for. And, you know I mean, even though people always say that the players on the court don't care about the people that are about to get drafted, if they have a chance, like if, if okay, if we had a chance to play for Wimby, we had a chance to play for him, to go get him, why don't you that, put up more money then? That brings up, you know, that brings money into us. That that helps this team. You know what I mean? And it also shows that I care. So, like, maybe I should still be here next year. You know what I mean? All those things. It but but what, about, what about if you do the playing, if you do the tournament for the number one pick? I might look, play devil's advocate. I might look at that like, why do I care if I get, if they get 
the Frenchman. You you talking about the, the team. I'm the talking player, about the current the player, players, the players, right? Like, players. I might not be here in a year or two. Yeah. I might not even be here to see him develop. So why do I care? That's why I was doing this when yeah. you were talking. It's like, well, well, they're getting paid. They, they're <clears> getting extra money. Um, especially like, you know, I but it think, would need to be, I think it would need to be a substantial, like it would have to be like a six figure, you know, enough where it's uh, like, I, well, look, it, I think, I think it's this, they get, they get paid as if they're in the playoffs because, you know, the playoff share is, is what it is. Everyone gets the, the money goes up precipitously as you move on in the playoffs, but, um, they will get paid a playoff share, but then you put it in one spot. So maybe you only put it in, in Vegas. Or you put it in a place where it's like, you know, so their fans can come. Like, it, it could be something where you actually could grow it into something. Mm. And you kind of showcase these teams that don't get TV games. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's extra TV games now that you've built in. Like, yeah. It, 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 it gets a Thursday night TNT yeah, spot. Yeah. And it like means it, something. It, it, adds, yeah, yeah. It, adds, it adds games. It adds games to the inventory. All that. Just a thought. Who's your MVP? Oh. You, you threw me the curveball where you Jesus. took over the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, um, I don't know, man. There's a guy I bet on Okay, to win MVP. Well, I like Tatum. Okay, that's the guy I, I bet I, on. I, I he know. was my preseason pick, too. But I will say this. Tatum has games where he goes away. The game versus the Lakers where all the controversy and everything. I know, we, you, know you wanted to talk about that, too. That game, that game was Jalen Brown's game. Yeah. That was a Jalen Brown game. And that's not to say that, you know, an MVP can't have a, you know, a, a road dog or a, or a Robin or anything like that. But he has games like that where it's like, you MVP? This is LeBron. You know, LeBron's out here playing. AD's out here playing. Where are you at? He had a lot of moments in that game where he shrunk. So He had some of those moments in the finals, too. That's kind of... Yeah. Especially when it's like he starts getting bullied. He doesn't bully back all the time. He does sometimes. Sometimes he'll, you know what I mean? Like, he's had big games versus LeBron, dunked on LeBron. So it's not like he's afraid of LeBron. But I don't know. Some games he just goes away. And so that's kind of what makes, it gives me a little bit of pause. I'd watch out for Luka, and I'd also watch out for Giannis. So any of those three, if, we're, if I was going to pick anybody to, you know, um, unseat Jokic, it would be one of those three. You know who I had my eye on for a long time and then he got hurt? Durant. Fair. D D Dude, Durant was having a great season. He was. Out the gates. With, without Kyrie, a lot of it. Without Kyrie. Well. And then I, w I kept looking at it. I was like, yo, 25 to 1 for Durant? And this was like a couple weeks before he went down. Mm. He'll be back, but it's just like, yo. MVP's gone. <laughs> yeah, MVP's gone <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. But I just kept looking at it. I was like, man, he's having a great season and no one's talking about it. Because I think there's a lot of, it's weird, right? And being a born and raised New Yorker, I talk about this all the time to people that ask me about New York basketball. And in particular, when the conversation about the Knicks and the Nets comes up. Bro, no one in New York really cares about the Nets. National media cares about the Nets because of Durant and The Kyrie. stars that are there. Yeah. And when they had Harden. But like, bro, no one really gives a damn about the Nets <laughs> in New York. It's always it's, it's all about the Knicks. Yeah. Even when they got Durant and Kyrie, it's like the Knicks were the five seed. Oh shit! No, I think they were the they were the four seed when they played the Hawks. Yeah. It's like oh shit, they're the four seed. Like nobody cares about the Nets in New York, bro. But it's the national media that cares about them. And I just kept looking at it, and I was like, damn, Durant's playing some really good ball, and he he gets hurt. But I kept looking at that number. 
the na- in the national media is who who votes. Right. So you know that like twenty five to one, those are good numbers. It wasn't a bad pickup. Yeah. Now it's now it's out the door. Now you can't even. <laughs> he I mean, would have to go absurd. He's like he's sixty to one now, but yeah. it would. It's you at some point. Again, going back to the conversation about resting guys, I think that hurts your MVP case. Yes. When Jokic won it the first year, it was because he played, I think, 81 of 82 games. Yeah. He might have played all of them. Sure. Bro, that matters, dude. Yeah. If I've played 82 games and you've played 66, it's like, bro, that's another 16 games more that I have produced over you. And if we're on a level playing field, I think that's, that's a tiebreaker. That's not level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That no, I'm unlevel- talking about like if yeah, our no, numbers are the same. Right. It unlevels it. Like, it's, it, it you're, not, you're not me. You, you, I had 16 Dude, that's more like games. Dude, that's like a quarter of the season. That's right. Uh, legitimately. So, yeah. how, how are you saying you're like me? You're not. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> As we start to, to wind down, bro, because I can already tell that I'll have you on the show again and, <laughs> and we're flowing. I want to talk about the biggest letdowns this season. But again, it goes back to a conversation I always like having. And I like to preface what were your takes on these teams coming in and where they are now. What would you say your biggest letdown was? So as I said before, my biggest letdown is the Clippers. Um, Shout out to Clipper Daryl. I apologize for this. But the reason I say that um, is because, as you said to start the show, the Clippers Clippers were my uh, finals pick as well. Mm. Um, just because I feel like they match up well with the Warriors. Uh, they have a pretty running gun team. They have defensive stoppers that can bother them. Um, but, you know, they constantly kind of lurk in the weeds versus go be that number one seed. Right. Like, you you know what I mean? Because four, the four seed is, what, two, three games out of being an eighth. So it's like, don't put yourself in that position where you can have a bad week and now, now we fighting for our lives to even get in the playoffs. Like, you should be the upper echelon of the league, not just kind of there. Not everyone, you're the Clippers and it's a joke. Like, they have a good enough roster. You've got perennial all-stars on your team. Go get it. So that, that was, if I'd have a disappointment, it'd probably be them. For me, it's the Timberwolves. Not a question. And, bro, Rudy Gobert. I mean, how do you feel about Rudy Gobert? <laughs> He's a, he's a polarizing figure on NBA Twitter, bro. I mean, look, is he worth that money? No, not at all. <laughs> I have a big problem with me paying you max money and then you not being able to close out games because of a issue that you have, like scoring, right? Like, <laughs> if I'm giving you $40 million a year, bro. I'm giving you $40 million to play defense and maybe give me 12 a game, you've lost your mind. That's but that's bad management. I don't blame Rudy Gobert. Right. Go get no, your for go, sure. get, go get your check, dude. I was just having this conversation <laughs> with Brian, who's in the control room. There, we were talking about it from like a football standpoint, because I'm so pro player getting their money. Yes, like if the organ, like that's cool. By by all means, get your money. We don't. I don't care about ownership like that. On the flip side, the fan standpoint, it's like <laughs> twenty million for Saquon Barkley a year is. A lot. It's going to handicap us paying a running back. But yeah. for Saquon, it's like, bro, sit out, get your money, especially in the NFL. Yeah. So in the NBA, like he, not only has he become a punching bag, he's also like set this new market where when Durant was being rumored to get traded, if yeah. you're looking at it like, bro, the Jazz got, they got four players and then they also got Walker, Walker Kessler, who's, Fourth right now for rookie of the year odds, mm-hmm. right? 
But then they also got one, two, three, four first round picks and a pick swap in 2026. That was for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And you got four players. So you got like nine things for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. What would what would Durant go for? Exactly. What would Zion yeah, go that, for? That, yeah, that to, yes. To your point, that ruined everything. When that happened, I was like, well, we're out. We can't go get Durant because, like, literally, you have to give up the arena. Like, so <laughs> on the third Thursday of every month, you own this arena. Like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? All like, the revenue is yours, yeah, bro. Like, yeah. Literally, like, there's nothing that, like, that's that's stupidity. And that was the dumbest trade, I think. That that was a Herschel Walker trade. And it happens It happens in every sport, bro. Like, you saw what happened with the quarterbacks coming into the, this football season. Yeah. Where you look at, like, Lamar Jackson didn't get paid. And then that comes into all the way now where you see that, you know, he, he might get franchised, but he's not too happy about that. But then you're looking at the new market that was set between Colin Murray and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And, and all the other teams got to be like, oh, Cleveland, what the? <laughs> Arizona, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now every quarterback is going to be north of forty million because of you guys. Yep. Like obviously, like Mahomes was at, he's at fifty million, but it's like he's that's Mahomes. That's Mahomes. There's only <laughs> one of one. them. One he's of one, right? MVP. So like, yeah, and that's that's a new market, and that's where you see Rudy Gobert, man. And right now they're on pace to finish worse than they did last year. And what's their record right now? Right now they are. Um, one game above 500. Okay. That's all, all right. I wrote in my notes, that they're okay. one game above 500. Okay, so that's not, that's not dreadful, but at the same 27 time… 27 and 26. 27-26. So that's not dreadful. I right. thought they were worse. But, I mean, listen, you know, you have two all-stars in Gobert and Cat, and then you also have Anthony Edwards. Right. Like… Uh, you guys should be a serious contender. And also, like… No one's afraid of them. Right. And they're big four, if you throw in D'Angelo Russell also. Yeah. They played 19 games together. They're 9 and 10. Wow. So, it's, That's a note. So, That it's, right there is the note of the day. Because, look, what, what did we bring you guys together for, right? Yeah. And if that's supposed to be your core and that's what's going to carry you and win you playoff games, if… First of all, you're not playing often together because you, you guys are hurt. And then you're looking at Gobert, career low in points per game, uh, career low in uh, rebounds per game, mm. and lowest blocks per game since his rookie season. Wow. And you're this defensive force. And you're, and you're being paid. He's, he's got to be top, top seven in the league in, in pay. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's horrible. And you're in a small market. That's… That that really, really, really impacts franchises for for generations. And if you want to know what the sports books think about Rudy Gobert and the Timberwolves, when he got traded to them, they were thirty three to one to win the title. Right now, they're one hundred and twenty to one to win the wow. title. No faith. I I never like when the trade happened. I thought it was the funniest trade ever because I was like, I'm not afraid of them. Yeah. Like, you're not afraid of them because you already weren't afraid of them anyway. Like, I feel like the only player on that team right now that you're like, he's a dog. They'll figure it out. Whatever. Anthony Edwards. That's yeah. it. Every other player on that team can go completely adios for me. Like, the entire roster is not, I, I wouldn't have any faith, but that is the only player on that team 
where I would actually hitch my hitch my wagon to. What do you think about the Kings? Haven't Man. they been a great surprise, bro? They, they have been. But I've been watching way more Kings basketball than I ever thought in my entire life I would <laughs> since, watch. Since, since the Jason Williams and Chris bro, Webber day? I used to, I used to have a Pacia Stoyakovic jersey. That was my guy. Yep, he yep. played in Greece before yes, he came. Yes, he did. Yes, he, he did. Came, yeah, he played yes, for uh, Pauk is the name of the team out there. He was a legend there, bro. So, Peja was in my brother's draft. He was pre-draft Stoyakovic. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, bro. Like, it's, it's been a while since <laughs> you've been invested. But, dude, they, they've, been, they've been solid. Like, what's cool is when you watch them on League Pass, they do this thing whenever uh, Keegan Murray gets hot. Yeah. Like, the crowd... The, the PA announcer will be like, Keegan. And then the the arena will go, Murray. Like, uh, or it might be the other way around. I might have butchered that. But, like, they, they, they fuck with him, too. Like, they like him a lot there. That's man. dope. And they got some pieces that I think are exciting, dude. And, look, they, they have the longest drought in the NBA for playoff appearances. They haven't been there since the 05-06 season. Wow, has it been that long? It's been that long, man. And they never made it with DeMarcus, huh? And they're third. They're third right now in the West. That's stupid. It's Good wild. For them. Yeah, I don't know if like it's a it's a feel good story. I don't know how sustainable it is. Like right now, they have a three and a half game lead in their division. Yeah, and you can still get plus money on them to win their division. So it's not exactly a lot of confidence that the sports books wow. are showing. That's a good bet towards them. Yeah, I mean you have a three and a half game lead, and what, what is there like thirty games left? Maybe less. Yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere Everyone's in there. played ballpark like around forty. No, no, more than that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, about 53 games. Yeah, or so. they're like, like when in I was the 50 to 55 yeah. range. So yeah. you have about like 25 to 27 more games. Yeah, and I think, I think it'd be interesting. But yo, they have, they got some young pieces, man. They got some young pieces that are playing well together. And you know, Fox, Barnes, Herder, another guy that they got in the offseason, yeah. Murray, Sabonis, a guy that they traded Sabonis, for last year. Sabonis has definitely changed that team. And you know, Malik Monk, maybe, right? Finally found a place where finally, he can... Finally pulling it together. Yeah. And, yo, know, I think that they're going to be... They're a fun story right now. Yeah. So I want to just show them love now more than anything because this might not age well. <laughs> in like three weeks, we might be like, yo, bro, they've won like... That was a bad call. They're like one in 14. And we last, jinxed them. Yeah, we jinxed them. But I think they definitely deserve their flowers for an organization that has had a lot of chaos, firing... Coaches yeah. left and right. Yeah. They might move them. Are they staying in Sacramento? And I have to go catch a game there in that new arena. Yeah. I have to get, that's, that's one of the newer arenas that I'm like, I have to go. I have to go there. I got to go to Milwaukee. Those two. Definitely got to go to Milwaukee. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I absolutely the, love it. The Kings, and this is going to lead to the last conversation for this one when we're talking NBA. Uh, NBA refereeing. Oh, dude, not only NBA, I think refereeing has gotten really bad over the last couple of years for all sports, not even the NBA. Obviously, football, soccer has gotten pretty rough. I can't tell you too much about hockey, but I know like in the MLB, people bitch and moan about yeah. a lot of calls. Hockey hockey is always subjective. Like you always, like they always will miss calls. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yo, dude, it's the human element. Yeah. Like you have humans as officials and they don't have the luxury of, 27,000 slow motion replays yeah. broken down for six and a half minutes after the call was made where it's like, oh yeah, that, that left toe was just 
a millimeter. I, I, I despise like the replays of catches now. Like, despise it because everything is in a catch. Yeah. It's like, come on, bro. He caught the ball, bro. Like, my man jumped up this high, <laughs> brought the ball, came down, landed full force, full weight on his arm, and another dude landed on top of him. Like, just give him the catch. <laughs> like, he just, he went through enough. The, the thing about the officiating that's really interesting is what we just talked about with the Kings. And yeah. the NBA puts out the last two-minute report which basically is for every every week they put these out and they break down incorrect calls in the last two minutes of games. Yes. The Sacramento Kings have the worst luck in this category. They've had the most non-calls go against them. Or incorrect calls. Incorrect too? calls. Incorrect calls as well. Me. Incorrect yeah. calls go against them. So what that means is of all the teams in the NBA – for as good as Sacramento has had it this year, they could have been even better because the Kings have had a lot of calls not go in their favor that have cost them games. Now, I don't have the the stats and the the data in front of me to tell you if that led to a missed three or yeah, whatever it shot, might be. Shot selection but still, that's, that's a significant number. It's 36 missed calls. The next closest is at 27. Wow. And look and look at it this way. To your point, the the... They're still the Kings. The Kings have been trash for <laughs> sounds like 17 years. So yeah. for 17 years, they haven't been getting NBA games. They haven't been getting TV games. They they haven't been a team where people want to see them or people want to see them win. So they're getting a lot of bad calls in situations where maybe that's LeBron on the other side or maybe that's Steph Curry on the other side. And they're getting the benefit of the doubt when technically the Kings should have gotten it. So... I mean, that's one thing that I will say, you know, when, when we were talking about it a little earlier, that is one thing I will say that leans against them is that it's, you got De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not getting that call versus, oh, Jason Tatum's getting that call. Why? Right. What's the point? Was it a foul or was it not a foul? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's the stuff that pisses me off about basketball because it's like a foul is a foul. Now, granted, things are missed, obviously, but... If it's a foul, it's a foul. Or if it's a violation, it's a violation. All these travels and illegal screens and all that stuff, like, for the sake of entertainment, it's very hard for me to watch. I Because I, like, as a coach, I, I, I shiver. Like, it's, like, bro, no. That wasn't, that was the incorrect call. And that, and then that play led to a surge mm. that happened. Where it's like, no, that was a call, but it led to a dunk. The arena went ape shit. And, and like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, momentum changed. Yeah, like everything and, changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of stuff, it matters. People don't look at it like it matters, but that stuff matters. Yeah, momentum's a real thing, bro. It's you can absolute, feel it. Yeah. Especially when you're there. Like when you can feel it at home, imagine what it feels like when you're actually in an arena and it's like, oh God, let's hold on for three minutes. Like, you know what yeah, I'm you saying? start looking at the clock. Yeah. Can we get can we get our starters back in there? Like that? <laughs> They're on a 17-3 run. Don't like it. Yo, the worst is when you're on the wrong side of momentum of a bet. Oh, oh That God. is when when the avalanche is coming oh. and you're just looking at it, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, I was chilling. Like, bro, I'll never forget earlier this year, one of my favorite bets of the year was the Jaguars were playing in Philly. And they were like a seven and a half point underdog. Yeah. And they were all 14-0. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling myself. I'm like, oh, shit. 
It was a perfect What a bet. call. Who Great is, job. Who is going to bet on the Jaguars, You're patting bro. yourself on the back. Oh, I'm ready to do a lot of wild shit. And then all of a sudden, five straight fumbles, five straight turnovers. <laughs> I look up. It's 28 to 14. I'm like, <laughs> oh God damn. They're Kurt. not going to score another point. <laughs> yeah, this going to... Where's the punter at, man? We need a punter. We need something to just change everything. So momentum is a real thing, bro. But sometimes, look. Sometimes it's it's the right call, but it's at a bad time. Yeah. Look, look at the conference championship game. That was the right call. He got hit late. It was a dumb play by Osai on the Bengals. Yes. I'm not exactly thrilled that it got called that magnitude of game, that scenario, that situation. But it's the right call. But you see, like when you when I saw it, I was like, where's the flag? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. coming. Yo, how about this? I have this take. If you get hit on your sideline. It's like like ninety eight percent of the flags I see, the personal fouls, happen when you're when it's on your sideline because your whole bench reacts. Yeah, everyone's like, so if, you're, so if you're a referee, right? Say I'm a yeah. referee and I'm on I'm on the chief sideline, sure. And Mahomes comes running or whatever. Uh, uh, McKinnon gets an end around. Yeah, he gets hit late out of bounds, and my entire bench rushes him. Yeah, to help him up, and I have. 12 of the biggest human beings I've seen in my life, <laughs> these defensive tackles and offensive linemen just going like this. Yeah, 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 what yeah. do you think I'm going to do? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe like, I didn't yeah, see maybe it. Maybe I didn't see it. Here's the flag. <laughs> so, yeah, bro, I'm telling you, dude, anytime you guys are watching football, if a late hit happens on the sideline of the player that got hit late, watch the bench. Guarantee you a flag comes in because of that. Yeah. No, no. Yo, it's human I, nature, I, I bro. Can't, maybe. Can't, can't argue with that dude, at all. Dude, maybe I missed it. But 27 guys just jumped up to tell me that there should be a flag. I'm going to throw a flag. And then I have the crowd yelling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're at home too, 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. of the time, a flag is coming 100%. in. It's coming in. Last thing as we wrap up this show. Tom Brady retires today. Yes. Exactly one year to the day that he retired last season. Yeah, that's nuts that you knew that. I didn't know that. Is this, uh, is this cap or fact? This one is fact. This one is fact, um, and I say that because last time, remember, it wasn't him that dropped the news. It was Adam Schefter. And yes. when that happened, like the way it happened, I felt like an avalanche came out. Like, oh, everybody, like, you know, everybody's phone's going crazy. And, you know, all like everyone's doing their tributes and all that stuff. I felt like he was compelled to then go through with it, even though he was still going back and forth. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to happen. And then the second I said that, here comes dad saying, I don't know if Tommy's done. I don't know. And I was like, he coming back. I just, I, it was just a matter of time at that point. This time, he did it. And I feel like he did it because it cost him his marriage. Do you understand what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't think that that divorce is final. I feel like he's going to go get Giselle back. Mm. Shout out to Giselle Bunch. That's, mm. that's what I think, personally. Dude, I forgot about the Adam Schefter thing that he leaked it out. Dude, I was on a date when that happened. And it was <laughs> like, we went on one date. And after what happened, uh, we obviously didn't go on another date. Because when they announced we were, we were at a bar watching the game. You were right here. And they flashed breaking news. Tom Brady retires. I was on my phone for the next two hours. <laughs> I was like, yo, my bad. It's a part of my job. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. I was she like, wasn't, she wasn't built she for was, the struggle. She, was she wasn't not, built for the struggle. It's she okay. She was not into it. It's all right. 
Yeah, it is what it is. That's a game we play as content creators. I hate I hate the ones that are like, I hate girls that are like, yeah, I love sports. And then they realize that you really, really love sports. And it's like, this ain't going to work. Mm. It ain't going to work. Yeah, she realized quick. I was yeah. like, yo, I, I, I need to comment on this. You know what I'm saying? People is, are waiting. People there are, are waiting thousands of people response. that need to know my thoughts. That's too funny. Dude, this was a good time, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, I had a great time with you. I'm I'm almost positive I'll have you on again. Any, anytime. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm local, so you know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. Need a, you need a hot take that's that's not too wild. Uh, you need a cold take, I can give you that. It's <laughs> not a problem. Tell the people the things that you work on, your show. Um, they listened to the the opening. I had uh, your co-host on, Ro, yeah. in the beginning of this episode. So, shouts to her. I know she was on, and uh, I was on your show, too. That was a really good time. Um, I know I was cutting promos on horoscopes, <laughs> which I can't wait for you to send me yes. the clips. Yes, you have to get that. You have to <clears throat> definitely get the horoscope clip, for sure. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the podcast is called The American Fan 365. Uh, on everything, on all social platforms, on YouTube. Um, as at the American Fan 365, but um, wanted to create, you know, I, I've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, my background. My, my brother played in the NBA, uh, but then I also worked for the NBA. I worked at the Basketball Hall of Fame, ran the marketing department there. And um, really, when I initially came up with the concept, I came up with it over a decade ago. And um, I wanted it to essentially become like the bridge between the sport fan and the front office and the players. I've known, you know, throughout my life, I've I've gotten the chance to get to know Michael Jordan. I've gotten to know like everyone. I got to know Kobe. I got to know people from all walks of life in different sports and different arenas. And I wanted to be the bridge to kind of filter in to bringing fans directly to the players, but then also bringing fans directly to these front offices and, you know, actually getting the pulse of the fan. And that's what I wanted to initially, you know, eventually become is, you know, traveling to arenas, talking to sports fans, um, you know, going to games, uh, getting into the different culture, because every 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 different uh, every different stadium, every different city has a different culture. You know what I mean, you, you hear, you know, and you may or may not even hear it when you're watching a game. You know, whether it's different chance that this, this, you know, this organization has. Obviously, when you know, when you watch the Chiefs, everybody's doing the chop. Mm. You know what I mean? You watch the Braves, they're doing the chop. But there's other, there's other things that other fans do in other cities and, you know, highlighting those things. I, I want to I wanna get to know all of it. So that's, that's it. So the American Fan 365. Before we sign off, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got Nick Chavez, Ben Cote, and Christopher Velasquez. Shout out to you, man. You've pledged over $1,000 in the history of the Patreon. I'm going to get in contact with you to send you some stuff for being in the 1K club. Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, and Thomas Robinson. And shouts to Bick, B-I-C. He is first in the playoff contest. And uh, Jess is lurking. Jess is right behind you, so you better not slip up in the Super Bowl, which next week... Three episodes coming to you for Veterans Minimum. We have a lot of things to cover. And there's a UFC pay-per-view, which I'm really excited about. Yep, so yep. we'll be back next week. Rate, comment, review. Tag us. Share with your girlfriend, boyfriend, sister, whatever, whoever. We'll catch you guys next time.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.